Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode number 124 of Drew and Sam Talk Training, the podcast that just keeps on potting. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And uh, I am continuous pottling. Ooh, that no, hurt. No, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I am Sam with Foster Consulting. And in today's episode, we're going to take train hard, fight easy, and move you to the next logical step. That's right. We're going to talk about being busy when you're slow, so it can feel slow when you're busy. Wow. Lucas, hit us with some tunage. And, and I think, Lucas, the tunage you're looking for is slow ride. Take it easy. That's, that's not a bad one, actually, for that. Yeah, that's fair. Who's who's the uh, who's the artist? Foghat. Foghat. So Lucas Foghat, <laughs> slow ride. <laughs> and, Why and, do I know that? <laughs> the better question. Because uh, um, Lucas right now is saying uh, my dad knows that because music is his life. So, Drew, I love this. Uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, Train Hard, Fight Easy. And now on this next iteration that you've coined while working with some team members, tell us more about this. Be busy when it's slow so it can seem slow when it's busy. This came about um, a client and I were in a store and it was maybe 2.30 in the afternoon or so. And we came in, uh, the door chime went off. They weren't expecting us. We weren't even supposed to be at that location. We just kind of swung by. He, he needed to grab, I think there was like a, a TV monitor in the training room or something. The door chime goes off and we see no one. There's no one in production. There's no one visible to us. We stand at the counter for a couple seconds. He gets agitated. He goes in the back. And the manager on duty is uh, leaning on the wall on their phone and the driver's in the back running the water for the sink also on their phone. Once the client de-angered himself, we started to walk the store and uh, make line cabinet was empty. We had no pans prepped. We had half a tray of dough out and, and we clearly weren't ready for any business. Because at that moment when it was slow, the team chose to relax, to lean on the wall and to take it easy because it's slow. And sure enough, that night they, they got smacked around pretty good. And so when the client and I were talking the next morning, I need people to be busy when it's slow, get prepped done, train your team, like, like do the things now that you know you're going to need done later because if I do the now then when we're busy I don't have to be running around like a crazy person I can just focus on that one pizza on that one customer on that one team member and it'll feel slow 
So that's kind of where this bred out of. So I love that. And I think as a brand and as leaders, we've done a great job over the years. And certainly it started with Tom way back in the day. You got to handle the rush. You've got to handle the rush. You got to hustle on your feet, not on the street. When it's busy, you got to be in high gear and you've got to go. But for those of you that have ever driven a stick shift car. That is literally none of the people who listen to this podcast. (laughs) But when that light turns green, if you start out in fourth gear, you're going to stall. You've got to go through the progression of first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear. And friend of the show, Werner Lomper, you, you know, we're talking about how can you be faster at making pizzas? And he didn't talk about stretching and saucing and cheesing. He talked about all that stuff every single one of us does when somebody says, hey, I'm going to time you on a large pepperoni pizza. Oh, well, hang on a second. Let me make sure my space is clean. Let me tighten up that area. Let me make sure I've got a screen down. Let me sure I make sure I've got enough sauce, enough cheese, enough pepperoni. And for some reason, we don't connect those dots to when we know that dinner rush is coming, which it seems to come every single night at around dinner time. Every store is different, yet every store is the same. Exactly. We wonder why there's no pans done or there's no twists done. And, you know, I just love this this new better than yesterday phrase of be busy when it's slow so you can seem slow when it's busy. Friend of the show, Kevin Shaw, when I first said the phrase, go slow to go fast, back to your stick shift analogy, drove him nuts. Kevin, man, Kevin starts his day like 4 a.m. He's team boom. Like everything is go, go, go high speed. But to your point, I can't just start in fourth gear. And assuming I don't stall out, which I was a pro on a, on a stick, I would not have stalled out in fourth gear. But you're going to go like two miles an hour for the next like 30 seconds, right? It's so much easier to do it the correct way and to do it in a progression that works. And go slow to go fast didn't connect with people. As I'm teaching my shift cycle class and I'm talking about, hey, it's 930 in the morning and we're going to do the stuff now. We're going to cut our bags, flip our bags and date them now when they go in the cabinet so we don't have to find scissors at six o'clock at night. We're going to print our reports now and prep the cabinet now so we don't have to do it at two o'clock in the afternoon if we have a busy lunch. Like we're going to do all of these things when we don't need to. So that way, when we need to focus on that one pizza, that one customer, that one team member, we can do that because we don't have to worry about all of the other stuff that we could have done at another time. So that's be busy when you're slow. So you feel slow when it's busy. And and if you start to think about all the things we can do, all right, I'm, uh, I'm going to admit to something, Sam. Can I, can I admit to something just between you and I, no one else, no one listening? Yeah, no one's listening. Go for it. For years, I was completely that guy of, if we open at 10 and I have a 15 minute time delay safe, I can show up 16 minutes before open and be open. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. For years, I was that guy. I can do that. I wouldn't train my team to that, but I can do that. But look at the expectation I now set, right? Over the last probably five years, I've modified that a little bit. And I thought it was a little crazy when I would hear of uh, directors or supervisors mandating people in at like 8 a.m. for a 10 a.m. open. Because they didn't specify what the team was supposed to do. It was that first behavioral step, right? Just get in there early. Well, okay, they got in there early and they brought their breakfast and they sat and they ate their McDonald's 
court sandwich thing on the clock. Great. Not really what you intended, right? But now if you take this concept and you're opening at 10 and you want to tell your team being at 8.30 because at 9.45, I want all prep that can be done, done. Every customer will be handled ready. Like everything in your store is as ready as possible. How bored would you be the rest of the day? All I got to do is the time stuff, right? I, I, I got to do the dinner pans and the dinner sauce and the, like, like those things. But, but the rest of my work is done. I can focus on that one pizza, that one customer, that one team member. Yeah, it's really important. And, you know, it's impossible to handle the rush. If you're not ready for the rush. If you're in a store that is still using sauce concentrate, it's really hard to make pizzas if you've got a mixed sauce during the middle of the rush. I love this concept that you've come up with. In fact, maybe some sort of hat pin or sticker is in order for for folks coming up. Just that's a lot of words to put on a on a hat pin. Yeah, it's probably more of a sticker. It could be one of the big buttons. One of the plaques or shield, as you call them. Oh my god, the the podcast but the podcast pin that that Captain America could use to defend us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do this for the listeners, let's talk about those slow times, those in-between times, and what are Drew's top three things, even though the list is much longer than three. What are your top three things that have to be done before you get ready for the rush? Drew Helmholtz, welcome to the hot seat. No, 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 you're fine, because um, they they go in order. Stock and prep the make line cabinet. Uh, everything in the make line cabinet is what you need for the day, so... Cut it, clip it, date it before you open. Why worry about where a clip is or where scissors are or where a date sticker is later? It's kind of silly. If you want to take that next level and you're doing carryover, then take product and put it into the clear bin so that when you go to switch over, all you're doing is reloading the bin. You're not even looking for the bag or pouring in. Oh, okay. Now, it's kind of funny when I've done that a couple of times. GMs are like, this is the way we used to do it. We're just going to have you. You're just prepping everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not prepping everything. We're prepping that one bin. Let's say pepperoni, right? I know I'm going to flip pepperoni from black to clear. So instead of just having a bag of pepperoni underneath, the bag is now cut open. It's now clipped. It's now dated. And the clear bin I'm going to flip to has pepperoni in it. So when I need that clear bin, because I'm never going to need that clear bin when I'm not busy, I'm going to need that clear bin when I'm busy. All I have to do is reach down, grab the clear bin, pull the black one out, put the clear one in and keep going. And off to the races. And I save time and I save energy because I put the work in ahead. Stock correctly cabinet is the first one. Uh, the second one is assigning the team. And we've said this a couple of times on the podcast. And I teach it in the class. When I was in the Minnesota Timberwolves locker room, they had a dry erase board that had a half a basketball court on it to tell people who make $10 million a year what their positions were for each game. And if they need that, then your 17-year-old minimum wage CSR needs that too. So have a chart to assign your team. And if you're like, Drew, I don't have that. Take a box, fold the box inside out, put four columns on it, name, first job, second job, side work, and we're good. You know, you said that the team needs that. I think we can take that a step further. I think they want that. You know, you talk all the time, and I love this phrase that you use as well, make work small. Instead of the team having to handle the rush, individual team members simply have to handle their their job duties for the night. They have to take control of their station. 
And if every team member is taking control of their station, then the entire team has a much better chance of accomplishing their goals and hitting the metrics that they're trying to hit. And then, you know, to, to our friend of the show, John Bacon's story, you know, did they do their job and did they support their team? If their job is so small that it's one station, it makes it much easier for them to do their job. And, and then while they're doing their job, they are supporting their team because the team needs everybody to do their job. So let me give you two quick examples of that. So I was doing this um, in Knoxville just a couple of weeks ago and I'm with the GM and we're assigning tasks and assigning roles. And I'm like, you have drivers on today? She's like, absolutely. I'm like, great. What's their first job? And she's like, um, deliver. I'm like, yes, it wasn't a trick question. Don't overthink it. Their first job is deliver. What can they do in the store to help you out? What do they know how to do? And she had two drivers and she's like, well, John knows how to cut and contend the oven. I'm like, cool. So put John's second task as, as oven tent. I'm like, so it reads like this. John, if there's a delivery up, you're going to drive. There's no deliveries. Help me on the oven so I can make your orders. And when you explain it that way, John is going to want to help you on the oven because, and I pause for a second, and she goes, because he'll get out and deliver more. I'm like, exactly. Like, this is that whole back and forth, right? And then we did it with a team member where their first priority was front counter and their second was dough. And it read exactly the same way. If there's a phone or a carryout customer, you're going to deal with them. If there are no customers, make pizzas. It was amazing how quickly and easily people pick up on, I have these two things to do. And it's not overtly hard for them to do. It's hard for them to remember for the first half hour. And then after that, it's cool that they are all bought into it. You know, I asked you for your top three. And you've given me two, you know, stock the bins, stock the cabinet, assign the team. Before I have you give us the third one, I want to ask you this question because I don't know the answer. Okay. Probably. I don't probably either. That's usually the way this works, but we can make something up. We're good at that. Yeah, there you go. When it comes to the second one, using the position chart, assigning the teams, getting those primary, secondary side work tasks. Why are we fighting this so much? Why, why do we get so much pushback on this one from our store general managers and assistant managers? This is total opinion. Just gut. Welcome to Drew and Sam Talk Training. I think it goes one of two ways, right? If you reference back to John's conversation, right? The high performers probably haven't seen that and just haven't thought of it. And that's cool. Like as soon as you introduce it to the high performers, you'll find that five, six months later, they're still doing it. And I've got clients like that where I do the second or third trip in and had that happen in Knoxville where the GM was like, yep, it's been eight months since you've been here. And I actually keep two weeks worth of assigned tasks before I get rid of the boxes. Like, that's kind of cool, actually. She does it so that like people aren't doing the same task over and over again, that she doesn't accidentally assign Sam to the bathroom five days in a row, right? High performers will run with it. They just haven't seen it before and it just didn't click. The low performers, it's accountability. If I assign tasks and they don't do it, because if you're a low performer, you probably have a negative mindset. If I assign the task and they don't do it, what am I going to do? I have to have a conversation with them. I have to hold them accountable. I don't want to do that. I don't want to make them mad. They might leave, right? We, we know that that whole thought bubble of progress of that negative mindset, right? I would say that's, that's where the pushback comes in is that you're looking at the high performers just haven't seen that before. Hey, Sam, I was... 20 years in the brand before I saw that in the locker room and it was like, duh, I couldn't tell you how many times I'd seen that in job aids in a store. And the only time we ever did it was Friday. It, it doesn't make sense because there are 13 other chefs at minimum, right? 
Um, so that would be my thinking. It's a positive mindset and a negative mindset. I'm going to take it on the benefit of the doubt. Positive hadn't seen it. And negative is afraid of accountability. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I like those theories a lot from people when when you propose doing this. And, and that is my team knows what to do. I've heard that too. The immediate question that I have when somebody tells me my team knows what to do is, is then, then why aren't they doing it? And why aren't you creating the results that you claim that you want? You know, a wise man once said, if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've always gotten. And if you want different results, perhaps doing some of these things would help. And I love where you went on your first one that the high performers just haven't been shown it. And once they are shown it, they do it. And I think that's, you know, something we've talked about before, the importance of being a lifelong learner. No matter how good you are, you can always get a little bit better by keeping your ears open and making sure that it's not important to you to be the smartest person in the room. All right. So. Stock and prep the cabinet. Go ahead and stock those bins as well if you are doing the carryover. Get those bags clipped and dated. And then the second on your top three is assign the team. I'm sure like the listeners, I am on pins and needles. What's number three to help you stay busy when it's slow so that you can seem slow when it's busy? Assign a singular achievable goal for the day. Ooh, okay. Give me an example. I was in a store with a client where their uh, service times were, let's just say, not within that 30 minute guarantee range. Are we are we clear there? Uh, We are extremely clear. Their company goal is significantly less than that 30 minute guarantee range. As it should be. But stores actually probably running near double what their company goal was. Oh, my. And so what what they had been doing for for months is what do you think the goal for each shift was, Sam? Uh, the company goal, the company goal. And by noon, they're not going to hit that goal again. Better than yesterday. Consulting is the name of the company. So the idea for me is if I can just find the smallest possible improvement. So all I asked them to do that day, I had them pick load, weight, or EADT and they picked load. And I said, cool, what was your load last week? And they gave me a number and I said, okay, that's cool. Can we just take 0.1 off of that? Our goal is going to be 0.1 less. And they're like, okay. And like now as you assign your team to their roles, Tell them what the goal is and ask them what they can do to help with that. And it's not because your team wants to be good. They want to be rewarded. They want to know that they've done a good job that day. And every now it was, uh, this one was a dinner shift. So we had maybe six or seven people on the shift is Tuesday or Wednesday. Every person we talked to had something to add to it. And a lot of it is the stuff you and I tell people to do, Sam, right? make a couple floats, pre-bag the rug, whatever, right? doesn't matter. You and I can tell them and have been on this podcast telling people for nearly three years, three years in January, Sam, we've been telling people to do these things. I know it's crazy, but as soon as the team says, this is what I'll do. Amazingly, they do it because it's their idea and they, they want someone to tell them they've done a good job. So assign a goal and make it achievable. I can tell you that that day without us, touching a product, they almost ran the company goal and destroyed the point one. And all we did was stock assign roles and then have an achievable goal that we could focus on. And I think what's that, what that proves is that your teams do know what to do. 
This isn't rocket science, Sam. We're not trying to put people on Mars. They simply need a game plan and they need a coach to make the game time decisions and the in-game decisions that inevitably need to be made. But for the most part, we go into every single game day, which quite frankly, in my humble opinion, every day is game day with the amount of pizzas we're selling these days. We've got to go into the game with a plan. The teams that go into the game without a plan are the teams that find themselves, um, you know, jets are going to jet. Not, not to go on to the sports topic, but it's why coaches get fired on sports teams, right? Because we can talk that the results aren't there, but it's not the results that aren't there. It's the behaviors aren't there. And, and it doesn't matter what team you root for, whether it's the 0 and 23 plus Pistons. Uh, sorry, 2 and 25. 2 and 25. Right. But 0 and 23 losing streak, right? Or 0 and 22? 24, I think I saw. Can you believe that? They're in a 24 game losing streak. Or the fact that um, right before Christmas, the Jets played the Dolphins and the running back for the Dolphins had more touchdowns this season than the entire Jets team. That's. Um... That's awesome, dude. By awesome, I mean horrible. It's about the behaviors, right? Coaches get fired in in NFL because we're up on NFL season or college football. Coaches get fired because the team takes too many penalties, because the team is undisciplined, because the team doesn't produce results. But the results is the last step of that. If we're disciplined, if we do the things we need to do now instead of waiting to do them later, we'll get ahead and we'll always be ahead. And I'll tell you, Sam, that's the most fun for me when I do my shift class, especially when I'm teaching like, like the handle the rush piece of it. I have, I've had one store where, well, okay. I've had two stores where it failed one store because most of the drivers called out that night. It's really hard to, to do good when 80% of your drivers call out. That's, that's a tough road to hoe. But the other store that, that didn't hit our goals was solely because we couldn't corral the GM. And the GM just just couldn't stay focused long enough to lead and to make a decision. And when they needed the GM to make a decision, the GM wasn't there. They were they were doing things that weren't part of what they needed to do. Setting the expectation, make work small. I don't know how else to put it. Don't focus on everything because you can't. If you focus on what's the what's the line? Um, I can give one thing a hundred percent, or I can give ten things ten percent. Yeah. Right. So, so make work small, just focus on the one thing. And that's why I keep saying just that one pizza, that one customer, that one team member, because if that's all I focus on, then good stuff ends up happening. I'll tell you what we've done. Uh, what's this episode? 124. I think was what we said. We've done a bunch of episodes and uh, through the show prep that we did, I, I knew this was going to be a good one. And, and I'm going to wrap this up for the listeners. Usually you wrap it up, but I actually took some notes on this one because I knew it was going to be that good. So, whoa, whoa, notes. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, here's what you learned in episode 124. If you want to get the results you're looking for, then you've got to be busy when it's slow so that it seems slow when it's busy. We want to make sure that we do what Tom's done for, for years and years and years, and that's handle the rush. And we do that by making sure that you do these top three things and that's stock and prep your cabinet. And if you're doing, uh, if you're doing the changeover, you're going to go ahead and get that next bin ready and 
free clip and date your bag. So it's one less thing you have to do during the rush. And then finally, or secondarily, you're going to assign the team so everybody can make that work small. They know what their primary, their secondary, and their side work is so that everybody can do their job. They can achieve their job. They can succeed at doing that job. And then the team succeeds. And then and Drew's number three of top three things to do, you're going to have a singular achievable goal. And it doesn't necessarily have to be what your end goal is or that your franchisee or that your district manager has set for the long-term goal. It has to be something that's going to give you an achievement that exceeds the previous achievement or, or easier said, it's going to be better than yesterday. So take a look at what your load time goal was on last Friday and set a goal to be better than that. Did I, did I wrap that up in a nutshell? That was amazing, Sam. I am stunned that you took notes and took notes so well. I want to congratulate and appreciate the behavior and the result turned out well too. Uh, all right. <laughs> take us out, man. This has been episode one, two, four of Drew and Sam Talk Training. In the event you have not yet done so, like us, follow us, subscribe, tell your friends, share with your neighbors, share it on social media because your friends and your neighbors like what you say more than they like what we say. And can you blame them? <laughs> no, not really. Not at all. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. Hey team, go out, sell more pizzas. And have more fun. That's all, folks.